0: Well, good morning. Come on, you can do better than that. Good morning. I have so missed seeing your smiling faces. And I know you're wearing a mask on site, but I see your eyes going up and you're smiling. We miss you. Isn't it great to be back in the house of the Lord? Come on, are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? And it's great to see each and every one of you, and a shout-out welcome to all of you here on site, and to all of you who've joined us online, and to our many guests from across the city of Ottawa, across the nation of Canada, and yes, even globally from around the world. And I just saw on my emails in between services of some folks way up in the Northwest Territories that have been joining us every single Sunday, and we think that's absolutely exciting, so praise be to the Lord. How many of you wonderful people are now ready for God's word? Come on, are you ready for God's word? Are you ready? We're in a six-part sermon series that we've been calling Stand. And we're exploring a very challenging book, the book of Daniel. It's 12 chapters. We're going to gaze on all 12 chapters in six Sundays. And I wanna, I wanna share with you some thoughts just about living courageously in these turbulent times. Last Sunday, I talked to you about standing out and I gave to you 10 must-haves to stand out in these difficult days. If you weren't here last Sunday or if you didn't join online, go to our church website, download it, it's there. There's the discussion guide, some notes, and bring it into your connect group and let it be a blessing to you. But today, I want to take you to three chapters in the book of Daniel, Daniel 2, Daniel 5, Daniel 7. And Daniel 2 and Daniel 7 connect. To understand Daniel 2, you've got to understand Daniel 7. Understand Daniel 7, you've got to understand Daniel 2. And Daniel 5 links them together. We're calling this message today, Stand Back. And for a few moments today, I want us to stand back and look at life through God's prophetic calendar. And so if you've got your Bible today, I want you to turn with me to Daniel chapter 2. And I want to share with you three things. The first thing comes from Daniel chapter 2. And I want to talk to you for a few moments about King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Everybody say Nebuchadnezzar. One, two, three. Nebuchadnezzar. He was the wicked king of Babylon. He ruled and reigned for 43 years. And in Daniel chapter 2, verse 1 to 13, the first thing I want to show you is a dream forgotten verse 1 to verse 13, a dream forgotten. He goes to sleep, and he couldn't sleep. Anybody ever had a restless night? You tossed turned the whole night, lots on your mind. You're worried about this, that, and just can't sleep. That was one of those nights for him. He's the big guy in Babylon, lots on his plate, pressure. And he has a dream, but when he gets up in the morning, he can't Remember his dream, or at least all of it, just parts of it. And he certainly didn't know what it meant. So he called in the astrologers, the enchanters, the magicians, the foretellers and said, hey, guys, tell me what my dream was and then tell me what my dream meant. And they said, we have no clue what your dream was. You tell us what your dream was and then we'll interpret it. He said, no way, guys. You tell me what my dream was and then you tell me what it means. And they looked at Nebuchadnezzar and said, we can't do that. And so he got angry, and he wanted to kill these hundreds of enchanters, magicians, foretellers, and wise people, and incorporated in that was even Daniel, here it is, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so Daniel goes to Nebuchadnezzar, and he asks for time. So the first thing, number one, is a dream forgotten. And I want to give you three things regarding the dream forgotten. What I learned, number one, the inability of human power. Nebuchadnezzar was the most powerful guy on planet earth in those days, but he could have all the earthly power, but he had no heavenly power. There's one more powerful, and his name is Jesus. Second thing we learn is the inability of human wisdom. All the enchanters, foretellers, magicians had all their earthly wisdom, but there's nobody wiser than our Jesus. And the third thing I learned is the hunger of the human heart. Nebuchadnezzar goes to sleep, has a dream, doesn't get it, doesn't know what it means, and he's got this, this I want to know what this means. And inside of everybody in this auditorium, main level, way up on the balcony, all of you watching online, there's a God given vacuum. There's a search for some spirituality. But number one, the forgotten dream. But the second thing, well, before I come to number two, let me read you a couple of verses from Daniel chapter two. Let me read verse 27 and 28. Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. I love verse 28, especially the first part. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. How many people are glad for our God in heaven? And God wants to reveal the, the concealed. And, and that's what we're going to learn this morning. He is showing King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. And we're gonna learn in a few moments that God gave to Nebuchadnezzar a dream for the days to come. Your dream and the vision that passed through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. Number one, a dream for God. Number two, a dream revealed. In just a moment, I'm gonna read to you verse 19 and verse 31 to 35, because God showed Daniel what dream Nebuchadnezzar had. And basically, it was a large statue. The statue didn't move, and the statue didn't open its mouth. It had a head of gold, it had a chest of silver, and it had a belly and thigh of bronze, and legs of iron, and toes and feet that were a mixture of iron and clay. So let me read it to you. Verse 19, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. So Daniel calls upon God, and God began to speak to him in the night, and I'm getting a little emotional, and I, I can't explain it. I guess, I guess the young man shall have dreams, and the old man will have visions, And I must be becoming an old man because God's been speaking to me a lot in my dreams during the night. And I'm getting up in the morning and I'm penning what the Lord's been saying to me. And I just want to say to this house and to all of you watching online, I believe God is up to something big that he's going to unfold in this city and in this nation of Canada in these last days. I can't wait to see what God is going to do. Verse 31, your majesty looked, and there before you stood a large statue. This is the dream, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. That's what Daniel saw. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thigh of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. Let me push pause. I want you to notice that from head down to toes, the value of what it was made of degresses. I mean, y'all know that clay, it's not worth what gold is. Gold, silver, bronze, iron, clay. And it might degress in, in value, but it increased in strength. Because y'all know that iron is stronger than gold. And it, it decreased in value, but it increased in strength. Look at verse 34. While you were watching, wow. Let me just push pause and say this before I read it. I don't care if you're reading Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Daniel, Revelation. Jesus is all over the Bible. How many people believe that? Jesus is all over the Bible. And you're about to see Jesus. While you were watching, a rock was cut out. Not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Verse 35, then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, the gold were all broken to pieces, became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away, without leaving a trace But the rock (laughs) that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. Can we push pause and give a clap offering of praise to our Lord Jesus? Come on. Come on. Give a loud clap offering of praise to our Lord Jesus. Amen. So a dream forgotten, a dream revealed. But then number three, a dream explained. Let me explain to you this dream. And so number one, the head of gold is making reference to the first great worldwide leaders and empire, the Babylonian empire that ruled and reigned from 612 to 539 BC. And how we know it, because in verse 38, God spoke to Daniel. Daniel said to Nebuchadnezzar, you are the head of gold. The first world empire was the Babylonian empire. Number two. The chest of silver refers to a combination of the Medes and the Persians. The Medes and the Persians got together. It's called the Medo-Persian Empire, 539, 331 BC. And it says, after you, another kingdom will rise in fear to yours. And we learn that that's the empire that followed. We learn that in another chapter in the book of Daniel. So the Medo-Persian. Number three, the belly of the thighs of bronze is the Greek or the Grecian Empire, the Greek Empire. The third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth, the Greek empire. And then number four, the legs of iron, is the Roman empire, 63 BC to 476 AD. That was the time frame when Jesus left heaven and came to earth. So let me just back up. Babylonian empire, you got Nebuchadnezzar, his grandson later, Belshazzar. The Medes and the Persians, you might remember a king named Darius, amongst many other kings. Uh, The Greek empire, do you remember... Alexander the Great, remember that name? And then in the Roman Empire, you might think of Nero, and amongst many others, there's a bunch of empire leaders. And so God gave to Daniel the different world empires and leaders. But then, number five, the feet, the toes are a mixture of iron and clay. You got two feet, you got ten toes. It's the breakup of the Roman Empire because what happened is the Roman Empire broke up. And since those days, there's not been a worldwide dominant empire in the world. It broke up. And some people get lost in the number 10. I don't know if it refers to 10 specific nations. I honestly don't know. Bible scholars debate it. But you've got, after it broke up, you've got the European nations. You've got the Mediterranean Basin nations. And then you get the Western civilization, which is you and I here in North America. It says in verse 41, so this will be a divided kingdom. You will have some of the strength of iron in it, but a mixture of iron and clay. There are strong nations. There are weak nations in the world today. And so the people will be a mixture, will not remain. And then number six, the stone. I already let the cat out of the bag. Jesus is the stone. 44, 45. In that time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom That will never be destroyed and there will be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. But it itself will endure forever. Verse 45. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. Verse 45. The great God has shown the king what is to take place in the future. This dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. Let me bring it together. You started with the Babylonian Empire, long gone. Then the Medes and the Persian Empire, long gone. The Grecian Empire, long gone. The Roman Empire, <laughs> it was under the Roman Empire that they, they crucified Jesus. The Romans thought they were the most powerful people in the world, and they crucified Jesus, put him on a cross, died, put him in the grave. But how many people know nobody can keep the King of kings and the Lord of lords in a grave? Up from the grave, he arose on the third Day. And there's going to be in the prophetic calendar, a resurgence of the Roman Empire. And you'll learn in Daniel 7 of a world leader that will emerged, the Antichrist. Now, I want to say to you today, and I'm, I'm not a prophet, just I'm not a prophet. I work for a nonprofit organization called Woodvale, And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm not one of those guys that say Jesus is coming back this week, but we could very well be the generation that Jesus comes back. Here's the deal. We are moving towards a cashless society. Y'all know that. And the coronavirus has created a worldwide pandemic. And you wonder if there's going to be an earthly leader that will emerge somewhere in the world that say, I've got the answer and create a resurgence of a broken world empire, which will be the antichrist. Now, some of you are freaking out when I say that. Don't freak out because Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, is coming back someday for his church. You're the reason. And there's going to be a kingdom that will be established forever. Anybody excited this morning? I am. Jesus is coming back. Woo! All right. Way too excited for Sunday morning service, Mark. Back off. All right. Let me, let me, let me, let me just, just keep camping on this. Let me come down to number two. The writing on the wall, Daniel chapter five. We're going to link two to seven. We're going to pause and talk about five. So you got to go 70 years later. Nebuchadnezzar is dead, and his grandson, Belshazzar, everybody say Belshazzar, one, two, three, Belshazzar, one, two, three, Belshazzar, he is the leader of the Babylonians, it's now 539 BC, the last year of the reign of the Babylonian Empire, and Belshazzar is in Babylon, and the Medes and the Persians have got together and attacked the Babylonian Empire, they destroyed everything but Babylon itself. Now, when you study the history books, you learn that there was a huge wall around Babylon that was 75 feet high. Nobody could get through it. The Medes, the Persians, could get through it. They had watchtowers on the wall, 100-plus watchtowers. And the great Euphrates River went right through the middle of Babylon. And history tells us that, that Belshazzar stacked enough food for 20 years. And so they can find themselves in Babylon with walls around them thinking they're invincible that the Medes and the Persians could do what you want, but you're not going to get us because we got these man-made walls to protect us and the stash of food. So he calls a party, 8,000 people, the nobles, and they're drinking, they're partying, they're dancing, woo, for days. And then he crosses a line. He goes and gets the silver goblets that his grandpa, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem, the, the silver goblets, the silver artifacts from God's temple in Jerusalem. And he fills it with wine. And they're drinking the wine from the artifacts from God's temple. And God crashes their party. And you couldn't drop a pin in the room because they saw fingers on the wall. They didn't see a face. They didn't see a body. They didn't see feet. They saw a hand. They literally saw fingers writing on the wall it was the hand of God. Let me read about it to you. In verse 5, suddenly, this is Daniel 5, the fingers of a human hand. It's a human manifestation of God's hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand royal palace. And the king, Belshazzar, watched the hand as it wrote. Verse 25, this is what it says. This is the inscription that the hand of God wrote, and it's four Aramaic words. Actually, three Aramaic words. One of the words is repeated twice. And Aramaic is the trade language of the day. Many, many, tekel, parson. And then the hand disappeared, but the words didn't. (laughs) The words are on the wall. And and I tell you, Belshazzar is freaking out. Oh, my goodness. What's going on? The magicians, the astrologers, the enchanters, the foretellers couldn't figure it out. So they, they, they said, let's get Danny boy. Let's go for Daniel. And so they get Daniel. And Daniel's like 85 years old. And he, he calls out to God. And God shows him what it means. And he tells him what it means. Verse 26, 27, 28. Here it is. Here's what these words mean. Many. Now, many is an Aramaic word that means numbered. And God said to Daniel to tell Belshazzar, God has numbered the days of your reign. And he has now brought it to an end. This is 539 BC. The walls are up. The Medes, the Persians are outside. History tells us, this is no lie, that the the Medes and the Persians got together and they routed the Euphrates River to a lake and they emptied the Euphrates River that was running through Babylon and they climbed underneath the wall because it's now dry where the river was. And they immediately killed Belshazzar and they took over. And Belshazzar was living up a party thinking, all is safe. Hear me, church. In these last days, do not live up a party thinking Jesus isn't coming back because someday he's coming back. And we got to be ready. We got to be ready. And so God has numbered the days of your reign and brought to him. In verse 27, Tackled, you have been weighed. Tackle, Aramaic word means weighed. You've been put on the scales, and you know what? You've been found wanting. You didn't add up. You're not living the life you should. Perish or Parson. It's another Aramaic where your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians, and that's what happened. Right in that year, Medes-Persians come in, they kill Belshazzar, and they take over Babylon, and the Medes and the Persians become the new leaders. It's verse 22 that I want you to let it soak in your spirit, but you, Belshazzar, his son, the son of, of Nebuchadnezzar, have not humbled yourself though you knew all this. I want to point out to you that Belshazzar knew that God's judgment came upon Nebuchadnezzar, who died 34 years earlier, and he didn't learn the lessons of the past. And he got caught up in the fun and the thrill and the sensuality and the pleasures of the day. And the Medes and the Persians broke in and became the next world empire. I say all that now to take you to number three. I want to talk to you for a few moments about Daniel's dream of the four beasts. This is really heavy stuff, and you're doing well, class. I think you're doing amazing. Give yourself a hand. Come on, give yourself a hand. You're doing well. You're learning some pretty deep stuff, but I'm going to show you Jesus in a couple of moments. It's all over Daniel chapter 7. Now, before I come to it, Daniel chapter 1 to Daniel chapter 6 is all about the person of Daniel, And Daniel 7 to Daniel 12, is all about the prophecies of Daniel. And from Daniel 7 to Daniel 12 are four vision, prophetic visions that God gave Daniel. And today is just one of them in Daniel chapter 7. Let me show you it, and then let me read it. And then we're going to focus on Jesus in our final moments. In the vision that he had, we're going to read in a few moments, he has a vision of a lion. Number one, the lion represents Babylon. In the same way that the gold head that Nebuchadnezzar saw represents the Babylonian Empire, the lion represents Babylon. Number two, the bear in his vision. I made a spelling mistake on the screen. It's Medo-Persia. And the Medo-Persians, the bear, Medo-Persia. Number three, the leopard, you won't be shocked, is Greece. And number four, the unidentified ferocious beast is Rome. And so God gives Danny a dream. And in the dream, he sees a lion, a bear, a leopard, an unidentified ferocious beast. And he gives him a few more prophetic nuggets that link chapter 2 to chapter 7. So let's read it. Let's go to verse 1 of Daniel 7. Daniel, in the first year of Belshazzar, the king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream. Now, please let me point out to you, just because One chapter in Daniel comes after another chapter. It doesn't mean that it's chronological. Are you hearing me? Sometimes we think next chapter is chronological. Not necessarily. Daniel, in the first year of Belshazzar, the king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream. And visions passed through his mind as he was lying in bed. And he wrote down the substance of his dream. I got to say it again. May God speak to you in your sleep. And if he does, wake up and write it down. Write down what the Lord is saying. Verse 2 and 3, Daniel said, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me were the four winds of heaven, churning up the great sea. And it's very, very poetic. It's very symbolic. It's like the wind of God blowing on earth and raising up leaders. Four great beasts. That's talking about the four great empires, the four great, the Roman, Medo-Persian, the Greek Empire, and then the Roman Empire. Each different from the others, and they were all different, came up out of the sea. First four, the first was like a lion. So you all know that the king of the jungle is the lion, right? The king of the jungle is the lion. The lion's the fastest, the most ferocious. It had the wings of an eagle. An eagle is the king of the air. He said, I watched until its wings were torn off. It was lifted from the ground so that it stood on two feet like a human being. And the mind of a human was given to it. And he's prophetically speaking about the Babylonian empire under the leadership of Nebuchadnezzar and the leadership of his grandson, Belshazzar. Look at verse, verse five. And there before me was a second beast who looked like a bear. No, a bear. Any, anybody ever seen a bear? Come on, have you seen a bear? Hopefully not unexpectedly on a trail all by yourself. And uh, if you ever were someone else and you see a bear, you don't have to run faster than the bear. You just got to run faster than the person who's with you, just saying. All right. So a bear, its picture this chunky bear, all right? And and this is referring to the Medes and the Persians that came together. There's a second beast which looked like a bear. It was raised up on one of its sides. So picture a bear with his legs going up on the one side. And you're going, that's weird. But, it, but it's very symbolic because one of those, the Medes and the Persians, would be stronger than the other and rose higher than the other, and it was the Persians. The Persians were stronger than the Medes. That's why the bear had his legs up on the one side. And it had three ribs in its mouth. Bears often eat vegetables and stuff like that, but sometimes they'll eat eat a carcass or, or an animal of another sort. And it's talking about how the Medes and the Persians would take over other nations, which history records they did, the Egyptians and Libya. There's lots there. I'm just giving you a few nuggets. And then in verse 6, after that, I looked, and there's before me another beast. It was like a leopard. This is the Greek empire, guys like Alexander the Great. And on its back, it had four wings like those of a bird. And there was a bunch of kings that followed. And the beast had four heads, and it was given authority to rule. And then in verse 7, after that, in my vision at night, I looked... And there before me was a fourth beast. This is talking about the Roman Empire. It's terrifying and it's frightening and it's very powerful. And it had large iron teeth and it crushed and it devoured its victims. And if you, you, you Google Nero, the, the, the cruel Roman Empire emperor, and you will see what Nero did to the Christians in the early church. And again, what the Romans did to Jesus, trying to to kill Jesus, crucify him on a cross, put him in a grave, but up from the grave, he arose. Verse seven, it trampled underfoot, whatever was left. It was difficult from all the former beasts, and it had 10 horns. I mean, in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, you've got the 10 toes, the 10 nations, and we don't know if it's 10 nations or not, but here there's these 10 horns, and a horn speaks of strength. Look at verse eight. While well, I was thinking about the horns. There before me was another horn, a little one, which came up among them, and three of the first horns were uprooted before it. The horn had eyes like the eyes of a human being and a mouth that spoke boastfully. Now, church, if you want to understand the book of Revelation, you've got to understand the book of Daniel. This is talking about the Antichrist. And the Antichrist could even be alive today, a human, a person who will rise up from from the, the raised up revived Roman Empire that will look to the world and says, I give you peace. I've got your answer to the world's problems. And everyone's gonna fall in love with the Antichrist, say, Wow. Finally, somebody to to help us. And I sometimes wonder, and I again I'm not a prophet, but, but are we in those days where through the pandemic of the coronavirus that a, the antichrist is alive today, and the world leader is gonna rise up and that little horn is gonna be revealed to say I'm the answer to the world's problems. No, don't be spooked, don't be deceived. The answer to the world is not a human being. It wasn't Nebuchadnezzar, it wasn't Balshazar, it wasn't it wasn't Darius, it wasn't Alexander the Great, it certainly wasn't. Wasn't Nero the answer to the world's problems? Is my Jesus Christ. Come on, give a clap, offering of praise to our Lord God. Amen. Let me very quickly read verse eight again. The eye, had, the, the the horn had eyes like the eyes of human being, and a mouth that spoke boastfully, describing the antichrist. Verse nine. As I looked, thrones were set in place. Oh boy! Now you're going to read about Jesus because Jesus. Is all over the book of Daniel in the ancient of days. The ancient of days took his seat. Some Bible scholars think this is referring to the father God. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was like wool. His throne was flaming with fire and its wheels were all ablaze. It's a throne in heaven. Verse 10, a river of fire was flowing, coming out before him thousands Upon thousands attended him, ten thousands times ten thousand stood before him, the court was seated, and the books were open. Verse eleven, then I continued to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking. And three and a half years into the tribulation, I'm just kind of rambling here a bit about prophetic stuff. The true colors of the Antichrist will come out. I kept looking unto the beast until the beast was slain, and the Antichrist should be slain, and its body destroyed, and Thrown into a blazing fire, verse 12, the other beasts, referring to the other leaders, the Roman, the Medes, the Persian, the Greek, and the Romans have been stripped of their authority. But they were allowed to live for a period of time. And then the Antichrist rises up, verse 13, in my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man. Would you say the name Jesus with me today? Come on, it's the most beautiful name. Can you lift your voice and say the name Jesus? One, two, three, Jesus. Can we get on our feet right now? We're gonna say that name again. Pastor Brad, come on up. Can we say that name Jesus again? Come on, say it loudly. One, two, three, Jesus. In my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. Verse 14, he was given authority, glory, and sovereign power and all nations and peoples of every language. Worshiped him. Come on, somebody put their hands together and give a clap offering of praise to our Lord Jesus Christ. Before I read these final words, I don't want anyone hearing my voice in this auditorium or watching online to be freaked, spooked, nervous, fearful, whether we're in a pandemic, whether we're in the last of the last of the last days. My hope is not in any political leader. My hope is in Jesus Christ. The rock that was cut out, not by human hands. He was Verse 14, he was given authority and glory and sovereign power. All nations and people, every language worship him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Wow. Every head is bowed. Everyone's eyes are closed. In this auditorium, we're watching online. Was there a day, an hour, a moment that you made your peace with God? If Jesus came back today, are you ready for heaven? I don't want you to think you're ready. I don't want you to hope you're ready. I want you to know that you're ready. You can't buy your salvation. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. It's by faith. It's by grace. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Young people, moms and dads, seniors, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your life, I want you to join me in this prayer. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I ask, Lord, you ask you into my life. Please forgive, my Please forgive me of my sins. I have decided to follow Jesus. I, follow I, make, Jesus. My I make my peace with you. I receive you in my life. In, my life. in Jesus' name, in Jesus Amen. Name. Open your eyes. Can we celebrate with heaven right now? Salvations. Come on. Can we celebrate with heaven? If you're on site and you prayed that prayer in a couple of moments on your way out, go to buy one of the guest lounge tables and we have a Bible for you and a little booklet for you and you're watching online or you're on site, sign up for our follow class. We'd love for you to join in our virtual follow class. And if you still have questions about Christianity, sign up for our Alpha class. We want to help answer those questions. But if you accepted Jesus in your heart today, you made the best decision of your life. Amen. Well, Pastor Brad, I couldn't wait for this morning. I couldn't wait to be with my church family. And I want you just to break out and worship right now. And let's just worship worthy as the Lamb. And just before we go, I want you to lift your hands all across this place. Come on, let's just put all our attention on Jesus right now. Don't, don't rush out. Come on, let's put all our attention on Jesus. The Ancient of Days, the Sweet Rose of Sharon, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Don't look down to this world. Lift up your eyes to him and let's worship together in these final moments. you, Lord God, oh my, worthy is the land, worthy is the land, for you I hold. In just one minute, I'm going to pray for you. I believe Jesus is coming back soon. I believe he's calling his church to do all we can to share his love. I'm going to heaven. There's thousands in the city. Thousands across this nation. That we got to do all we can to share with them the love of Jesus. I believe in these last days, God is saying to his church, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. This isn't the time to play games. This isn't the time to... To have a weak and shallow faith. I prophetically speak that this is the time that God is calling his church. To rise up with a sold out, radical, on fire, courageous, bold faith for Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ. Before I pray, I want to thank all of you for joining today. And if you're a guest, drop by the guest lounge. We want to bless you. Join us next Sunday night for prayer. Got to register online. Come back next Sunday. Got to register. And if you're watching online, I really encourage you to come back on site. It's safe. You'll feel so safe. And we we want you to come. And I'm just going to go public that when this place fills up and we don't get room and these two morning services is socially distanced, we'll add another service. Pastor Brad, if we got to add another six services, I don't care. We'll do whatever it takes. 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 But I feel the Lord wants me to say something very prophetic. God is going to wake you up in the middle of the night. He's going to speak to you in your dreams. Wake up and write down what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in these last days. And be obedient to what God is saying. God's got an anointing over this house. And I don't say it as a cliche. I say it prophetically. The best days are yet to come. Best days. Can we just lift our hands to the heavens? Father God, I'm really... Feeling such an amazing presence you've got in this house this morning, and especially in this second morning service. I thank you, God, for what you're doing, but God, I believe you've got greater things in store in the days ahead. And we just pray open the windows of heaven, pour out your spirit. Help us, God, not to rely on human wisdom. Help us, God, not to rest on our own knowledge and our own power. Help us to lean on the everlasting arms of the rock called Jesus Christ. And we pray that you would be lifted up. We pray, God, that the revival that I believe you're about to send in this city and across this nation and even globally around the world, that, God, we would be a church that's sold out on fire, all committed for you, Lord. I pray that you would do a great thing in the days ahead. Help us not to be fearful, discouraged, and down. In the midst of pandemic, May we lift up our eyes to the King of Kings, Lord. We know about the Babylonian Empire, the Persian Empire, the Greek Empire the Roman Empire, the revived Roman Empire, the Antichrist. God, we're not spooked. We're not freaked because you're coming back. Amen. And help us, God, to stand tall for you. Bless these amazing people. Let your word soak in our hearts and give us a great day and a great week in the name of Jesus. Everybody sat. Amen. Come on, give a loud clap offering of praise to our Lord God. Amen. Whew. Well, Evelyn and I love you so much. And uh, in just a moment, we're gonna exit the auditorium. And if you'd like personal prayer, just linger around for a few moments and come and stand at the front after the auditorium empties. And there's some prayer team workers, pastors and others who'd love to pray for you. And uh, God bless you wonderful people. May you have a great day and a great week and thank you to all those that joined online as well. We love you. Looking forward to next Sunday. God bless you.